Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Today, we'll be hearing from one-fourth of the Trillbilly Workers' Party with none other than Aaron Thorpe. Aaron grew up a self-described black sheep in his family, navigating mental health issues and being uninterested in school as an adolescent. Things began to get better in some respects when he started community college. And believe it or not, he started paying attention to politics when a friend recruited him to start working for the DNC. Oh, how far he has come. this a little differently than we normally do. Why do I say that? I'm so glad you didn't ask. Um, Because our plans, I feel like the spirit of, you know, one of the most egregious, you know, capitalists, monopolists was trying to keep us apart. Name one. Name one that is like its own site, dead or alive. Who do you hate the most Uh, in history? Who do I hate the most in history? Damn, man. Most nefarious capitalists that specifically did not want this to happen and was trying to thwart this not once, not twice, but almost thrice. God damn, dude. That's a really good question. Uh, What's the name of the, you know, since we're in Atlanta, uh, how about uh, the dude who uh, owned Coca-Cola? Who was that? Who started Coca-Cola? Like, I'm blanking right now. I don't even remember this guy's fucking name. I don't know. But, uh... I mean, I don't know. Can I say just collectively without naming names, any of the uh, Atlanta millionaires or capitalists yeah, sure. during the 50s and the 60s yeah. when uh, Atlanta was pushing the, the where the city too busy to hate? Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously, when it came down to like, you know, push and shove yeah. with, uh, you know, Jim Crow uh, segregation, they always went in favor of, you know, the uh, white wealthy elite so okay so the spirit of all of those motherfuckers tried to keep us apart but (laughs) who came in through the clutch who's our name name a name a great socialist african ancestor that saw fit to not have this undermined one more time because this had to happen i was gonna make a joke and say uh i don't know man mr t or some shit like that (laughs) (laughs) i was going for like nkrumah but that's fine actually it's his birthday today oh is it yeah it's uh, kwame nkrumah's birthday today okay the spirit of kwame nkrumah brought me together finally finally (laughs) you have no idea uh how difficult this was about to be finally brought me together uh with one aaron thorpe yes that's me Aaron. and normally we don't traffic in stereotypes here but this but we absolutely must he is a jamaican and you know he's a jamaican because he's like the hardest working man and leftist podcast (laughs) he's only like 18 uh you can run him down if you want to but But also very much like a jamaican pick up a project (laughs) and drop that shit within like less than a month so very much like i can do like pick up like eight different things at a time and eventually they all fall off so yeah our favorite yardy dam (laughs) yes exactly exactly (laughs) aaron uh aaron thorpes who we're sitting down with today how are you doing i'm all right uh sitting on top of this uh this condo high-rise looking out at traffic spaghetti <laughs> junction i guess is what this is part no, of this it is spaghetti, this is just this just 
75. What, what, man, you know, you're, you're, you're more Atlanta than me, yo. That's, that's correct. That's why I can't say I'm from the South. Right. I just say I live in the South. Okay, you know? that's fair. I'm a northerner, you know. In absentia, like in exile. Exactly, he's, exactly. It's pretty soon, you know, yeah. he's going to be like... Won't be stealing Southern Valor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He'll be walking, talking Chick-fil-A. We <clears throat> are so excited to be sitting down with him today. Um, I know a little bit about your... Like, I know this much about your story, uh-huh. but we about to... We got to dive into in. It. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> um, but you're you're originally from New York, yes? Yeah, I'm originally from New York. Uh, what part? Born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, and I've lived like all over New York, like throughout my like adulthood. Mm-hmm, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Where where in Brooklyn were you born? Um, actually, I don't know where in Brooklyn I was born, but I've lived in like Canarsie, uh, Bed Stuyvesant, uh, Bedford Stuyvesant, Bed Stuy. Um, I mean, like anywhere of those neighborhoods where they're just like. A heavy immigrant like Jamaican up Caribbean immigrant like West Indian population yeah, yeah. yeah that's where uh, I was and then when I lived in Queens we lived in a uh, Springfield Gardens which is like Jamaica Queens uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah like okay. South Jamaica I guess yeah okay and what like so were you were you mostly in Brooklyn growing up or did you bounce between like Brooklyn and Queens when I was growing up I was um I didn't move to Queens I was born in Brooklyn but I didn't move to Queens until I don't know I was like 10 or something like that okay and then I stayed there for like you know my like I mean, most of my life, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. until uh, moving down here uh, to Georgia, Atlanta, and then I moved back to New York. And it was kind of a back and forth, like mm-hmm. in my 20s. I was back and forth between New York and here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What so what 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 did your parents do like growing up? Um... My parents were uh, again, I'm Jamaican. So my <laughs> parents were both Jamaican immigrants and uh, my mom was a nanny. Uh-huh. Um, so she took care of upper middle class white people's kids. Yeah. And my dad was a truck driver for ExxonMobil. Oh, okay. So he drove around those, like, 18-wheeler, like, oil tankers and I delivered gas to other gas stations. Where Where are your parents from in Jamaica? Um, St. Elizabeth. Hey! Yeah, St. Elizabeth. Country yeah. girls. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly, uh-huh, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Yeah. When did they come here? Uh, in the 80s, I want to say. Okay. Like, right before you were born? Or? Yeah, I would say, like, a couple years before I was born. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And what did... what 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 are some of your fondest memories growing up in in Brooklyn first? Man, one of my, as you said it, um, I mean, it's not really a fond memory, I guess, but for some reason I can just remember like playing on like the landing of like an apartment, like, you know, the stair landing or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. like one of the hallways, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I remember because um, it was really dusty. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously it was like one of those older like apartment buildings that had been there for like 30, 40 years. Yeah. And um, like really dark like wood, mm-hmm. you know. And I just remember um, like sitting on the landing as a kid with like the light from the end of the hall coming through the window. Uh-huh. It's kind of where you could see like, you know, like dust suspended in the sunbeam yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I just used to sit on that landing and just like play by myself or with that, whatever kids uh-huh. would come out. Because um, there was a park across the street, but my parents weren't really gonna let me outside across the street and at that time like yeah exactly outside wasn't exactly super nah, safe for, there was some like, uh, in new york at that time there were some figures of ill repute yeah that uh people probably <laughs> didn't didn't want to be around so sure 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 <laughs> now were you the only child growing up no i have a sister um i have a sister who's 10 years older than me yeah uh, i'm the black sheep you're the baby but you're the spoiled baby boy yeah, is yes what i'm I think the spoiled but no 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 I, I also am the black sheep what do you mean when you say that okay it's probably because i'm spoiled but all right listen <laughs> And we might get into it. Uh, no, nah, man, it's just like, I feel like my sister's Gen X. So she grew up in a generation at a time in which, even though my parents were Jamaican immigrants, like there were a lot of opportunities afforded to my sister and mm. she seized on those opportunities, mm. which is why it's like, 
spoiled versus black sheep. Uh-huh. It's like maybe like there's something to be said. Huh? No, anyone who's under 35, don't fucking kill me right now. But I'm just saying maybe there's something to be said that um, why doesn't my generation? Huh? I want to put it carefully because I also don't believe in meritocracy or sure, responsibilization sure, sure. or anything. But my sister did what she was supposed to do. Okay. And, and what do you mean when you say that? She, well, I mean, she went to school. Well, to be fair, there are people at at her age who went to school and it didn't turn out for them. They're in debt. They went to school for a job. They didn't end up landing. But she went to school. She worked really hard. She got a job. And now she has a family and shit. And mm-hmm. she works for the government and travels mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I think that I would have been better off had I done those things and made mm-hmm. those choices and decisions, but mm-hmm. I think it was just a little bit harder for my generation to do that, you know? Question though, yeah. do, you, do you think that, do you think that growing up like zero to 18, the, the opportunity, y- your sister was given vastly different opportunities than you? Not that, va- she, she was, she came in at the very end when those opportunities uh-huh. were, um, I guess, still available, right? I guess I guess there's that kind of, and this is getting into the history of political economy, but I guess like, you know, like 70s and the 80s, sort of this rise and this crystallization of neoliberalism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, and this, this kind of cult of hyper-individualism. I think that she got in at the tailwind where it was very possible for you to pursue the things that you wanted to mm-hmm. right if you were willing to like do the work and sure. it's all a scam yeah but given the political economy at the time there was just more economic opportunity mm-hmm. right i mean the welfare state had it been completely emaciated as it would be like in the 90s when i was growing up but tell me you know? but i because i, I want to mm-hmm. understand this do you tell me what you think the differences were in terms of what your sister got yeah. childhood yeah versus what you got was it that Housing was more stable when your sister was Housing, growing up. Education, uh-huh. right? Even she got for, a better education. She got a better think? education. Okay. I mean, I feel like if you had went to a... Actually, you know what? People would probably disagree with me here. But I feel like if you went to a public school, depending on what part of the country we're in, mm-hmm. in like the 80s, yeah. right? The 70s, 80s, probably would have got more funding. You were at the, the, that, uh, the end of uh-huh. that kind of like, not just public schools, but just the social welfare system, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? Also without being so material kind of that metaphysical kind of i guess like a zeitgeist mm-hmm. right that kind of cultural kind of spirit mm-hmm. of like limitless opportunity sure, sure, right like sure. we were just on the bleeding edge of yeah, like yeah, the yeah. future mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think uh people who came up during the 2000s too a little bit older than me during like you know the whole internet craze kind of had a similar feeling uh-huh, uh-huh. but yeah i felt like even if the material opportunities hadn't drastically been better i guess or different by the time that i became her age mm-hmm. i at least feel like the hope and the optimism in the air was different i see what you're saying you know what i'm saying I like see what you're saying. it feels like now like and maybe you'll agree with this like i feel like and may, in, in sure in the 80s my sister end of the cold war maybe people felt like that too but mm-hmm. i really feel like every day is like closer to the end of the world uh, but i know it's not the end yet you know uh, but it feels like the end you know what i'm saying like more than any say other what time you mean. say what you mean bro it feels like the end i i'll say what you, I'll, I'll say this right it's like look at I love apocalyptic movies and um, like disaster movies and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And look at like all of these dystopian films and how far, right, mm-hmm. these dystopias were projected in the future. Sure. One of my favorite films uh, from 2006 called Children of Men. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That shit, which is based on a book, that shit wasn't 100 years in the future. Yeah. That shit was today. When it came out in t- 2006, they were talking about 2025. Uh-huh. So the time has like crunched, uh-huh. right? With like, 
our I guess our concept of like how much better or worse things can get. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess I felt like in the 80s, like motherfuckers were like, no, nah, we got like another 25 years. Now it's like, nah, nigga, we got like within the decade. Sure, sure, you know sure. What I'm saying sure. like Florida is going to be underwater or some crazy shit like uh, that. You know? uh-huh, so uh-huh. I don't know if that makes sense. I see what you're saying. But you're, but you, but you're, you're what I, the net of all of that, I think you're saying is you're, you had a very different childhood than your sister did in terms of uh, opportunities, in terms of like, the resources brought to bear for her to benefit from, you feel like you did not get that that same level or robustness of resource allocation that your sister got. I do. And, uh-huh. you know, again, no, but I will have to go back to, like, <laughs> the spoil thing that you... Because I know that, like, I, like... I will do the individualization thing. I know that personal responsibility-wise, I could have made better decisions. I don't have any regrets, though, right? Sure, sure, sure. But... Again, as you were, as you just said, like, yeah, I do think that, like, yeah, there were better opportunities and that kind of, like, thing that I can't really, like, name. I can't really, like, give it a name, but that feeling that was in the air, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that libidinal economy, I guess, mm. right? Of yeah, hope. Come on, come you on. You know what I'm saying? Like that economy. libidinal, that's yeah, the yeah. perfect term for it, I guess. That libidinal economy of hope. Like, I felt like that was definitely a thing that, like... I mean, honestly, I think after like 9-11, that shit just like, you know No, what I'm but you weren't born, you weren't born in 2001. So yeah. I'm saying you were feeling that early nah, 90s. But no, nah, but in retrospect, no, but no. I'm not, I'm not asking you to. But I'm at not, the time. Sure, sure, sure. At the time. Oh, no. Nah, and in the 90s, bro, I was fucking playing Game Boy, Pokemon sure, and shit. Okay. And like every Saturday morning, wake up and watch like the Spider-Man cartoon. Okay. All of this is in retrospect. No, no, no. But I want you to go back. I want you to go back to To be me, be me, be me, little yeah, me. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I was awesome, dude. Okay. I, I wasn't complaining about shit. <laughs> what the fuck was I complaining <laughs> no, about, bro? No, 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 of course you weren't complaining. I mean, my mother wouldn't buy me, like, the newest pair of Jordans when sure, they came sure, out sure. Saturday morning, but, like, you right, know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like, but you were still Nah, straight. yeah, I was, you know, I think at the time, like, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, I'm going to grow up and be a paleontologist. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to grow up and I'm going to okay. do whatever I want to do. Like, yeah, you know, like. At the time. Maybe we should ask kids now, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because uh-huh. I'm pretty sure they don't have the, uh, you know, the the kind of fantasies that kids, like, you know, decades earlier I don't know that. Did. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe kids are smart enough to be like, I don't even know if I can be an astronaut. No, of, nah, kids don't think I'm giving like them that. too much credit. You're right. No. That's kids... me projecting my pessimism on the world to yes, little children. Yes, right. Absolutely. No, children don't think right. that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you're no. right. You're absolutely right. Uh-huh. Absolutely Did right. you, what What type of student were you like growing up, like elementary school age? Um, I was a, actually, I was a good kid. I was a good kid in elementary school. Um, up to mid, middle school though, no. But elementary school, I like, I loved reading. Mm. I loved writing. I love doing art, like visual art. I love drawing. Ah. So like, I always sat in front of the in the front of the class. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I like school. I really okay. did like school. Where, and you were a good student. Like you weren't I was like a, a hellraiser. Yeah, or... I was a good student. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. I've never gotten any trouble. Okay. You know, in elementary school. Not in elementary school. Okay, okay. How, mid- go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Middle school. I did, in middle school, I, it's not that I got in trouble, but I did much worse academically. Why? Um, yo, I, I'm not even gonna give no like. Um, from a Marxist perspective, nah, just being lazy, bro. But what do you think was driving the laziness, or so-called I, laziness? That was your word, yeah. not mine. Uh-huh. Well, I think I just didn't care about school because because it kind of felt like kind of felt like I was doing it for other people and I wasn't doing it for me. What do you mean when you say that? Or what do you think you thought? And why do you say that now? Well, I felt like when I was in elementary school and I was doing better, it's because like you know you have that like that like cheery eyed like optimism of a child yeah, and yeah. enthusiasm for everything mm-hmm. but um i guess like when you become like a preteen you know mm-hmm. and you start kind of acting out mm-hmm. you know and um you realize that uh there are things that like i don't want to do that mm-hmm. everyone uh 
my mom specifically, not mm. even society, mm -hmm. but that my parents want me to do. Uh -huh. And like, I don't know, man, maybe if I had gone to a, maybe if I went to an alternative school, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like where these uh, like upper middle class, like or rich kids are going to charter schools where yeah, it's not yeah. even like an education. They just say, we're going to go outside and go to the park. Yeah, that's right. And like look at trees. That's right. What do they you know call it? Mean? Mean? <laughs> uh, like, uh, like, like real world. Yeah, real world. Like, yeah, learning on hands and shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, practical learning or something. Yeah, but um. No, nah, I just felt like bullshit, man, and I just. But am I understanding you to say it felt like bullshit because mm. it was like the, your uh, what you were what you were like lauded for or what you were prodded to do was like mismatched with like what you actually wanted to do. Like your parents exactly. actually wanted you to be good at I don't know be you know a math whiz, but actually yeah. you were more of a. I don't know, tactile learner, and you wanted to just like, you know, play with blocks all day. Not blocks yeah. in middle school. Yeah, but, like, well, you play with blocks or spaghetti. Or... Yeah, play with like, make spaghetti, like, or not spaghetti, macaroni, like, you know, portraits and shit. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, no, but um, yeah, I think that, like, yeah, I just, I think that I, and again, I like academia in the sense that I love reading and I love writing yeah. and I love like thinking, but I think that kind of getting like shuttled into like the education system and what's expected of you mm -hmm. without really having the time to grow as a person uh, and figure it out, uh -huh. figure out what it is that you actually are interested in uh -huh. and trying to find, I mean, if you have to do it for a job, trying to find, okay, what, which one of my interests yeah. best connects with like a career, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or a, a major or a study a that I can get in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, a vocation. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh -huh. And, uh, I didn't find that out until like, you know, I was like a, a young adult until I was like in my like twenties, you know, ah, I, see, I see, I see. And even still now I'm like, even now, like at 30 is now when I figured out, okay, yeah, now I know what I kind of want to do. You I got know? You. So, yeah. How, how would your, how would your parents, your family, your community, like, how would they have described you as a child, like an elementary school age child, like generally versus like how you were as like a starting to be maybe an angsty tween? Like, how would they have yeah. described you as a, as a child? I think like, maybe like, I mean, maybe if my mom is paying attention and again, this is, this is maybe putting on like thinking about myself back then onto sure. like what you know but maybe it was night and day to them you know because huh. when i think about it, it felt like night and day to me you mm -hmm. know I'll, and i think a part of that too which i didn't bring up was depression ah you know depression started creeping in like when i was a preteen ah and i think that um with, did you not have a language for it or know what was going nah, on i just would I like i'd be like yo why am i crying you know ah, uh -huh. you know why am i crying for what reason i'm yeah. like why do I get so sensitive because this girl didn't like me, you uh -huh, know? And, uh -huh. I, you know, all this, like, you know, teen angst and hormones and all these things. And you're changing not just body, but mind. But um, I think that, like, I didn't have those. I didn't have any of those inhibitions about myself mm -hmm. or my capabilities, mm -hmm. you know? It's like Sky as a, was... Like, you know, as a younger child. As a younger okay, child, okay, yeah. Okay, and okay. I felt like, you know, uh, it's one thing they say about depression is, like... And especially it's because I was, like, a precocious kid, right? Yeah. But, like... You know, if you're very much aware about the world, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you do, whether it's politics or art, mm -hmm. and those two things are very related, like yep. imagining a different reality. Yeah. Um, I think that like, yeah, man, that um, I don't know what the chicken or the egg, what came first? Did my depression lead uh -huh. me uh -huh. to like that or was it that that led me to the depression? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I felt like um, it wasn't until whatever switch got flipped on in my brain yeah, yeah. Um, where um, I just stopped really caring, you know, uh -huh. and kind of felt in a place of a. I didn't have the words for it then, as you were saying, but like really hopelessness, like uh, aimlessness. Uh, uh, uh. But I didn't know what that was at the time. You know, I wouldn't know what it was until like a decade later, you know. Mm. Did your parents understand what was going on with Oh, you? hell, man, <laughs> bro, yo, man. I bro. know way too many Jamaicans. I know bro. the answer to that question, but I need to hear you bro, verbalize Bro, my it. dad would be like, 
why are you not what happy? Guan, like, what's, what's, what's that going on? Yeah, yeah. What are you crying for? Yeah. Boys don't cry. Everything, and I'm like, yeah, everything good. I'm like, yo, like, I don't, my mom, it's because she's my mom. Yeah, you know, yeah. she's obviously a little bit more sympathetic. And I think it's, it's funny because I think my dad definitely had depression and anxiety uh, his whole life. But you dad, there was no place for acknowledging or dealing yeah, with it. Exactly. You just power through it. Yeah, there yeah. was no language for yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, my mom, but I will say, though, that um, I guess... I guess they found out from a family friend, uh, my god brother, because I only felt like I could talk to him because huh. I always saw him as an older brother. Uh-huh. Um, um, I couldn't even talk to my sister because she was not that I wouldn't have, but she was she, she was, was away all the time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. older than me, and she was always away all the time. Uh-huh. And I think I told him I like had suicidal like ideations, uh-huh. and um, he didn't go behind my back. I don't want to put it that way because he did the right thing, but he told my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was you know, scared. He was scared, yeah. you know, and they were scared. And um, you know, even though my dad less so than my mom even though my dad didn't really understand i yeah. mean he used to take me every wednesday to go to therapy oh okay right? you know what okay. i mean like he just wanted me to be okay yeah 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 you yeah, know yeah. so um yeah they um they and they still don't really get it sure you know sure, what i mean sure. my sister still doesn't get it yeah she's sure. like why did you go back on meds yeah. why are you depressed i'm like motherfucker heck you see the state of the world right right, now? right. do you, you think ha- i'm electing it, to be depressed you know, <laughs> i promise i have a I'm choice not. with this <laughs> shit man <laughs> that's right but yeah Okay. Um, how would you, did you, ah, did you growing up have an understanding of like your family and or the, your immediate family and your larger family's like class standing? Maybe you didn't understand it as such, but like, did you, did you think basically like most kids in New York live like you or did you like have a sense of like, no, some people, some people have it way worse than me or yeah. some people have it way better. I presume, I presume you had an inkling about way better because you're, because of what your mother did yeah. for work. Um, but like, how did you, yeah. how do you think you understood it as a child? I think as a child, I think that, um, so with immigrant parents, right, there are, there are some things they're just not willing to entertain. Yeah. And a lot of my black American friends, um, you know, wearing the sneakers, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even think they were into sneakers so much as like, you know, they liked Michael Jordan, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they liked all these like uh, athletes and icons. And, um, you know, my parents would never want to buy me like, you know, these expensive ass kicks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And for some reason <laughs> that uh, that lack of conspicuous consumerism um, was like, damn, I guess we not that good off. Or maybe yeah. my parents <laughs> are just fucking assholes because yeah, they don't yeah, want to yeah. buy me these one hundred dollars sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think like I never I knew that I never wanted for anything. Sure. You know, and I mean, I knew that, like, especially when um, my family, we started traveling a little more. Mm -hmm. And I went to countries that, like, most Americans, white or black, Mm -hmm. had never even been to. Like where? You know, like, I mean, I went to England. Mm -hmm. You know, it was one of the first places. um, Well, Jamaica when I was a kid. But, you know, that's my parents from. But I have family in um, London. Uh And I went there. And, um, you know, just kind of coming back and, like, talking to my classmates about the trip yeah, and them just being kind of amazed mm-hmm. and like realizing that like, Oh shit. Like a lot of most people in America, like I don't want to say most people, but there's many, many people in America, yeah. too many that not only don't travel, but they don't even have a passport. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like, I, I felt like, I felt like one thing that was clear to me though, was the delineation between being like African American and having like West Indian parents, you know? Park right there, though, because yeah. we're going to argue, but go mm-hmm. ahead. Say, say it. Well, just even food, yo. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are the few times that I would bring food from home. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it'd be Aki and Saltfish or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. sure, fish, I don't care how old you are, <laughs> where you come from. Uh, yeah, if yeah. you go, like, you going on your lunch break, yeah, yeah. and you put your fucking fish into the, like, you know, into <laughs> the microwave, the microwave right. and everybody's like, what the fuck? Right. But, like, you know, they wouldn't, like, make fun of stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, 
it's also like levels of the shit because what was the mix of black where it where you grew up like what what were the mixes of black mm. because i had a i had a, I had a like the reverse yeah. experience like well they were like i mean it was like three it was like um Caribbean. Like black Americans, yeah. yeah, Caribbeans, Black Americans, Caribbeans, and then like, you know, African immigrants. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I had a friend named Hugo, and um, we used to like, I mean, it's not funny now, but we used to <laughs> laugh because like this motherfucker would like get like an A minus, you know, uh-huh. and be like stressed the fuck out. <laughs> and be like, why? Wow. He's like, my parents are going to beat my ass because <laughs> I didn't get an A plus. And I'm like, damn, my parents are not like, my parents are like the intermediary, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. not even, actually, I can't even really say that. There are plenty black american parents especially who want their kids to do fucking yeah, well yeah, yeah. but i get discipline yeah, yeah, yeah right it's like the so i was like damn okay my parents ain't gonna whoop my ass that badly yeah, yeah, sure. but like that's what it was it was like you know like black american west indian and like black uh-huh. like african immigrants did you and you felt distinctly caribbean versus like african-american or like yeah continental african yeah i did because i mean like i mean i knew that my parents spoke differently from the way my black americans friends parents spoke you know? sure but like, i'm saying but where the did you also feel that you had a your, the expectations in terms of your decorum, behavior, kind of no. cultural original, like, were distinct from that of black Americans? I feel like at home, yeah. Uh-huh. But, like, when I went to school, no. Huh. You know, because, okay. like, I wasn't, like, listening to, like, my father was an audiophile and he mm. owned a record shop in Jamaica. Uh-huh. So, like, you know, he has tons of records that, excuse me, he would play every night. Like, I wasn't li- going home. I wasn't going to school and I had, like, a CD, mm-hmm. like, you know, a CD player and was listening to, like, you know, dance hall, or yeah, old school yeah, reggae. Yeah, yeah. I'd be listening to like hip hop. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like Fifty Cent, whatever my yeah. friends were listening to. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so it was kind of like you know, I guess like stepping into two different worlds sometimes, huh. like out of one and into another, and mm-hmm. back into another when I went home. Interesting. But um, I mean, again, I would say that I feel like if your parents are from, you know, like Ghana, right, mm-hmm. or from like Nigeria, right, or if your parents are, I mean, I don't know, from a country where, yeah, again, like those countries, but speaking of the language, I feel like those cultural differences mm-hmm. are a lot more stark. Mm-hmm. I feel like because depends. So it depends, depends. But I would go to friends' houses, like you know, who like my friend Hugo. I would go to his house, yeah, and it was very different uh-huh. from like my you know yeah. Jamaican household. I see. You know what I mean? I see. So I guess like it was, um, I guess yeah, it was it was just kind of like realizing that like what I understand now is that there's no there's no monolith of no, black America, you know? No, no, And it no, really wasn't until, not. like, I got embarrassingly, like, enough to say, like, much older yeah. than, like, you know, high school or anything until I understood that, you know? Huh, okay. And the way that my own parents would talk about black Americans. Yeah. But I was like, yo, that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. So, huh, interesting. Yeah. Did you internalize that? Did you believe oh, that? Oh, hell yeah. Inter- I still do sometimes, man. Uh-huh. In what ways? What? Oh, dude, like, you know, I'll be like... Like, my mom will always use, like, uh, stereotypes like black Americans are lazy or ignorant sure, and shit. Sure, sure. And, like, you know, living up north, yeah. right? Like, even when I moved down here, you know, grumbling at, like, some lady getting on the bus, yeah. you know? Because, yeah. like, she has no other way to get to work or whatever yeah. she's getting, you know? Uh-huh. And she has, like, a couple kids, yeah. right? And she has no support and no help. Yeah. And she's frustrated and she's yelling at the fucking kids. And immediately I'm thinking of Bebe's kids, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I have to, like, shut that shit off and huh. be like, oh, it's just like my parents were in Jamaica... I mean, the I feel like it's not this is the way my mom explained that at least, and I could be wrong, but it wasn't so much about racism in Jamaica, it was classism. I mean you know? but I'm wrong. I could be I, I think I'm definitely wrong, right? No, it's I understand. I, I, I mean I, th- I, know, I know I'm wrong because race and it, class are intertwined, right? Right, but it's just it's operationalized different exactly in Jamaica. So exactly. I understand. Exactly. It's so. operationalized different in Jamaica than yeah, it is yeah. here. So I guess like And um, when go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, please. No, 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 no I was just gonna say it's ah, 
I understand. I understand what you're saying. I because I grew up with Caribbean people. I grew up with African people. Like, blah blah blah. I, I get it. But it's so. It's really interesting. Like we're all like there. There's a uh, one of my professors in college, Dr. Carr. He calls it like the, there's like last last. What does he call it? Like last place syndrome or the last place yeah. problem where like you know we're when you know bad shit happen when Amadou Diallo happens in New York like we're all black and we all come together and it's all like it's all we're all grieving the same because it's all fucked up we understand yeah. this to be unjust for a particular reason but then you know it's just like oppression know, Olympics that's what yeah, I call it yeah but like last place oppression is like black black Americans always get to be the cudgel even in intra communally because oh, yeah. I consider us still I've had black Americans talk shit about like West Indians not yeah, yeah, knowing yeah, yeah, sure. that like my parents from like you know sure, sure, be like oh sure. they come in here and like literally like I mean white right wing shit about stealing our jobs and shit yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying because yeah. I used to do campaign work yeah, you know yeah. and I would talk to like black Americans in like neighborhoods where yeah there was like a high like West Indian like you know population yeah, as yeah. well and they would complain yeah. you know I'm like motherfucker y'all look and, I, and the same thing with my mom, right? Yeah, when yeah. my mom would say shit, I'm like, yo, how you? How can you talk about right. we're people actually, who look? Yeah, yeah people Because when I go out on the street, people don't... And it wouldn't matter, but people don't look at me and be like, oh, he's, you know... A, yeah, a he's, Jama- no, he's not black. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he's, he's one of the good ones. Yeah, that's exactly, right. You know? Let's treat they don't fucking know that shit, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always interesting to just witness it. Again, I get I don't like it, but if, but I get it. But I get it. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, What was high school like for you? Uh, high school was that's where like I completely was just like fuck school I was completely. like completely like middle school was just kind of like eh, I'm kind of cool on this but high school was just like oh yeah once I was old enough to be like okay I don't have to my parents went to work and I don't have to like uh, get up and get on the bus because yeah, yeah. they trusted I'm going to do that shit uh-huh. you know what I'm saying like with what it was hip class with just like fuck around with friends yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying I was like never, doing what though I mean yo, going like, to the would, park and fucking eating yeah, Burger King yeah there was a park King. across the street so we'd yeah. go to the park there was also a an auditorium um and we had a balcony mm-hmm. and um i mean the auditorium was like i mean it was only used for like school events and shit like yeah, that right yeah. um and the balcony i mean the auditorium was always open but the balcony like was never usually open yeah and editors would come in and just sweep it out yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the best places you go to cut class uh-huh. because sure the deans will like you know patrol the halls and they'll open up the auditorium uh-huh. and they'll look but they're not gonna go up to the balcony sure so we would just be up there just, just fucking, fucking around? Yeah, just playing PSP and shit like that and just fucking on around. On the balcony? Yeah, just on the balcony because it was the place at school where, because we couldn't go to the park all the time because yeah. truan- truancy would be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would just like hide inside the school uh-huh. <laughs> on this fucking balcony <laughs> of this auditorium sure. and just wild the fuck out, yo. Uh, okay. Did you, go to, did you go to public school the whole time? Uh, yeah, I went to public school. I went to uh, Bayside High School in Queens, Bayside, Queens. Ah, okay, okay. Um... Did you barely make it out of high school because you skipped so much? I, I didn't even. Yeah, I went to night school. I had to go to night school. Whoa, yeah, to make up for yeah, it. Yeah, to make up for it. So your parents had no idea that you I, were. I mean, they that, that in middle school is when I started to learn when I stopped doing so well in school. I started to learn how to kind of hide uh-huh. and obfuscate. Uh-huh. Like you know, like I mean, one of the earliest examples is like getting a my one of my teachers calling about me failing uh-huh. and rushing home before my parents did to delete uh, it off yeah, the answer yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like by the time I was like. Uh, yeah, when I was in high school, I mean, it was like I had perfected, like, I thought I did, uh-huh. you know, but I had perfected um, just being a badass and not going sure. to school. Not but, being bad, but, you know, not being academically, like, But then what, ha- what was the conversation around night school? They didn't trip? Oh, no. Nah. Oh, well, they that, they found out, like, I mean, a couple of years before I was supposed to graduate or two at least. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's when they, like, knew for sure, for sure, you uh. know. And, um, no, nah, they didn't, I mean... Yeah, they tripped out. I mean, they my mom's still tripping, you know. Really? Yeah, because I like she knows that I dropped out of college, so it's like 
they just figured, I guess, one day I would like either get it together uh-huh. or like, you know, it would be like my comeuppance, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. like uh, as my father always said, if you don't hear, you feel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like, word, you don't want to go to school? Okay, then you could be like working at like a restaurant or something. It's like, little do you know, <laughs> there are friends that I have that went to school, yeah, that's right. got their bachelors, and yeah. are still waiting tables. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Huh, interesting. Um, did you did you have an understanding, like, before you, ah, before you graduated from high school, like, did you have an understanding of your parents, like, politics or ideology? Nah, up? I mean, I just knew that, like, I mean, they always voted yeah, yeah. and they always like good, you know, uh, they were good Democrats, mm-hmm. you know, and they voted Democratic. Yeah. And um, but I mean, it's weird. It's cra- crazy to think about it now because like ever since Trump, like, you know, and I stay with my mom's like CNN and MSNBC would be on the news all the time. Yeah, that's right. Right. Because um, everything just became even more politicized. Yep. But I feel like and I mean, again, like I was too young to care, but I don't even remember my folks talking about politics you okay know? like like we're not talking about tax not, cuts for the rich not even the and they probably did table. but not even because it was nothing to talk about but it's because i feel like the i'm gonna use this term again the libidinal economy of yeah. politics uh-huh. right the the um the polarization wasn't it hadn't reached like the rabbit heights it had done yet yeah, yeah you know yeah, what i mean okay i mean maybe maybe made 2000 like 2001 with 9 11 and bush yeah, you know yeah. i mean you know, my parents were super unhappy about that but yeah. i never really got a sense of like what their politics were besides they voted for Democrats, which okay. is why, you know, Obama got, you know, when Obama ran, I mean, I mean, I voted for him too, because I guess I believed in him, but I mostly did it because they dragged me to the school. You know, uh, they were yeah, like, you're 18 now, uh-huh. the first black guy running for president. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to vote. I was like, okay, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But there was, but there, but there weren't like, you know, dense ideological or political nah. discussions at home. Nah. Were, the, were there any of those discussions going on in your like, your greater community that kind of started like perking your ears up or gave you, made you interested in kind of that side of the world or I'll be honest with you, man, it's weird thinking about it. Now you're asking me because I was not at all interested in politics at all at all. Nah, I wasn't. All I wanted to do was like, write. Uh You know, I wanted to draw it first. And then, um, you know, you get to a, a certain kid as a kid, you get to a certain point where you're really good at something Mm -hmm. when you're younger, Mm -hmm. but if you don't continue to work at it, you don't get any better. So with visual art, um, cause I tried to get into LaGuardia art school, ah, one of those specialized uh, art uh, schools uh, in New York yeah. or the specialized art school in New York. Um, and I, um, did an audition for that and work out. So my interest then went to writing uh-huh. like literature, um, uh, like short stories, fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually majored in writing and literature, um, in college and, um, up until college wrote a bunch of short stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be like the next best, next great American novelist, I guess. Oh, okay, you know? okay. So I didn't really like. You know, I guess some people, like, when they become comrades, radicals, you know, they go through, like, like this anarchist phase first, mm. you know, kind of nihilism, then anarchism, then, you know, where they can remember, like, oh, I was there, like, doing this when this, my parents took me to, like, you know, the um, marches against the war against Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, at their age, if I had parents that were, like, you know, comrades, that's what they would have done, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. if they were really heavily, like, politicized. Mm-hmm. But, nah, man, I wasn't interested in politics at all ah okay at all growing up mm. i didn't give a shit did you did you how old were you when 9-11 happened i was 11 like 10 did like you 10. did you well, how did you understand that um or did you not understand it? i didn't understand it at all man it was like it was <laughs> so like <laughs> part of i think my obsession with apocalyptic dystopian type stuff is like this excitement about the end of the world uh, and i feel like back then as a kid and like i mean 
if they were, I'm sure there were kids that day, and they should have been, that were terrified. Yeah, yeah You know, sure. that their parents going to be in danger, but, yeah. and maybe this is how I know my brain's fucked up, but I was just like, <laughs> I was like, bro, they going to hit the school next? Yeah. What's going to happen? Not that I was excited, but, you know, I didn't have the kind of under the gravity of the situation of, sure. like, the thousands of deaths that day. Sure, sure, sure. Of, like, and nobody could, I mean, some people were trying to warn about it, but nobody could understand the carnage that would come after that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so I just thought, like, I was like, yo, this is crazy, bro. Yeah. You know, and I remember the next day. Oh, it's just crazy. I remember the next day there was no school. Then we went back to school two days later. This is when I was going to um, middle school in Brooklyn. Um, kind of a gifted a school for gifted students. I had to take an entrance test. Mm-hmm. Philip Escala was the name of the school. And um, I remember one of my teachers um, didn't even, I, remember, I don't even remember what class it was, but she didn't even, she was too sh- shooken up to even like do the lesson. Ah. So she just literally like, as like we, as if we were in kindergarten, made us draw. Ah. And I remember drawing um, buildings mm-hmm. and then like a plane. Whoa! And she walked past like looking what everybody's doing, and she was like, "No, no, no." You know what I mean? And I think like, not that I was like, "Oh, I want this to happen again," but it was like the only way I could process this as a kid was like to visualize it because I was uh, drawing back then. You know? I so see. I was just I like, see. and I didn't even, I didn't draw it because, you know, these planes had just crashed in these towers. Yeah. Just, I didn't think that's why I did it. You know. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I think that's the only way that I, as a kid, could understand it. Um, kind of twisting it and conceptualizing it into the things I was already interested in, uh, you know, hmm. but I, but politically speaking, I didn't have any, I didn't have any notions about the gravity of the situation. You know, were you scared for your mother? I presume she worked in Manhattan. Yo, actually, I, I think at the end of the day, that, that day I was very scared of her. And in retrospect, every time I think about it, like the anniversary was a couple, like last week or whatever. Um, I was terrified in retrospect because, um, she came home that day. She worked in, she literally worked like in Lower Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. And um, she couldn't take the train, so she had to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. Aye. And she came home covered in not just like suit, uh-huh. but like I'm pretty sure she was covered in like the pulverized like dust of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she came home like, like you couldn't tell like that she was black. You can tell what skin color she was. Whoa. She was just gray. Wow. And she came home like that, and I wow. remember she threw out all her clothes. You know. Yeah. Um, but that's the only thing that like, I think that was the only little bit of fear mm-hmm. where I was like. Cause no, you know what he thinks. Like you know, as a kid, you know, I think you're not thinking that my mom is gonna be one of the people. You right, know? right, right. Even right. though I know she works in the city, also I had no, had no like concept of like distance or location. Sure, to how sure, close, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah. In retrospect, like it was, it was terrifying. You know, I could have lost my mom that day. You know? Sure, sure, so, sure. Yeah. Wow, crazy. Um, did you when you to like <laughs> finish the end of high school? Like, like what was your like what was supposed to happen next like did your family like have a plan or a dream for you and like what was it Nah, they just wanted me to go to college and um you know my mom you know she says that i could have even to this day she'll be like because i went to community college i went to bmcc burr of manhattan community college Mm -hmm. and she says that um you know even though i had to go to night school because like in night school i was able to do really well Mm -hmm. you know because it's not that i was a dumbass i was sitting in class throughout high school kind of absorbing the information, just yeah. never doing the work. Yeah, sure. So by the time I had to retake all these classes in mm-hmm. high school, I was like, nigga, I already did this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I already got, now, know. Now I'm going to buckle down and do the work. Sure, sure, I don't want to sure. fucking be here. Right. Um, and my mom says that because of that and the way I picked my grades up, my GPA, I could have like went to a four-year school. You know? Yeah, yeah, right away. Um, but um, no, I just, um, they just wanted me to go to school. Did they you know? want you to go to school for, for any particular like writing study they figured or anything? I would because okay. I was a writer what was your dream for yourself at the end of high school I thought I would I thought I would go to school I would get my MFA in creative writing huh. I would write um and then that's when I went to college that was my um 
it was my first I was liberal arts and then I went to writing and literature after semester. Yeah. Joined a writing club. Yeah. You know, I was the president of this writing club. Ah. Um, I got published. I won some awards and shit Whoa. like that. Uh-huh. And um, that's what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to write. And then I don't know if I'm jumping ahead because this is where the political part comes in. But then um, and I could get into it. But then I needed a job. Yeah. And um, I had met a friend through at community college named Andre, uh-huh. who um, he was this uh, Russian dude. Uh-huh. He was like older than me. Mm-hmm. He's like my big bro. Still call my big bro to this day. And um, he was a writer, too. Yeah. But he was more like the uh, kind of the caricature uh, even he was kind of self-romanticizing um, the the Bukowski Hemingway type figure, right? Uh, like uh, the drunken, and I, he was an alcoholic too, you know. Sure. Um, and and he met him in the writing club. He came to the writing club because he found out there was a writing club there. And I mean, he only stayed there for like he was there for like a week before uh-huh. he was like, "This shit is lame." Uh-huh. And um, we became cool because okay. I was always like, it was never really cool with like the people in my writing club who were actually good students. Uh, right? Why? Because, like, I was always the one that would be like, by the time I could drink, mm-hmm. I'd be like, nigga, fuck going to class, mm-hmm. nigga, I'm gonna go to the bar. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna live the lifestyle that this Andre friend, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I'm gonna be like the uh, the, the tortured artist, uh-huh. you know? Why was that um, attractive to you? Why were you drawn to that? Oh, because, like, romanticization, like, you know, grand, uh, what is it? Uh, like these grand, this grandeur of like, I was going to, uh, even though I was this tortured, depressed individual, mm-hmm. you know, um, not only would art um, come out of me, like bleed out of me if yeah. I steeped myself yeah, yeah, yeah. in um, debauchery. Uh-huh. Um, but that's the only way I felt like I knew how to live. Ah. You know, I felt like that's the only way that like, would define that defined my art and the thoughts, the thoughts that I had. You know uh-huh. what I mean? But now I know that it's, you know, I still kind of operate on that sometimes. I was about you know I mean? to say that. I, oh, I mean, I have a drink. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I still yeah, kind yeah. of do that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. chain smoking and like, you know, drinking. Like, yeah, but um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I think... I think as much of it has to be like aesthetically and culturally, like who you want to be mm-hmm. and the behaviors that you think you need to engage in, mm-hmm. but also like whatever is going on, like in my head. Well, what was you know? going on in your head? Were you still oh. like, were you wrestling with depression? Still? Oh yeah, I was definitely still wrestling with depression. And that's when I first fell into like substance abuse, you know? Uh, so like, that's like all of those things, you know, kind of, um, kind of made it where like did andre introduce you to substances oh yeah i mean yeah man yeah he definitely definitely <laughs> like he did you know? okay. he definitely did um and uh and the reason i guess i brought him up and where the politics comes in is that i needed a job uh-huh. and um he was i had to go to because i was always in trouble with school every semester they'd be like we're at, gonna community shut off, at community okay, college okay. every semester they were like we're about to shut off your financial aid yeah. like you have to go to see an advisor and you know talk with them and right. have a meeting and right. then we'll give you your financial aid so it was like a couple weeks and I would always register way too late. Mm-hmm. I would always register like literally like a week before school. Uh-huh. So I had to go to school to register and um, figure out my financial aid. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Andre had stopped going to Birmingham Community College. I think he was going to some other school. And um, Fordham, I think he was, was where he was going. But um, he was just petitioning like for the Democratic Party, like just trying to get signatures mm-hmm. uh, to put a candidate on the ballot. Yeah. I don't even remember what candidate. Uh-huh. He was like, you need a job? I was like, yeah, nigga, I do. Mm-hmm. And um. Gave, got me a job mm. just like fucking i didn't even have to talk about politics uh-huh. but at that time i started veering into thinking into i guess socially conscious thinking it wasn't uh, i wasn't radicalized yet yeah yeah i guess that's where i had this like kind of anarchist like phase right where i was like but tell me describe it for me it was like first it's like nothing matters at all at all uh-huh. so don't even bother voting uh-huh. i don't care all this uh-huh. bullshit yeah then it got into still fuck voting yeah um but like Maybe there's something that I can kind of do mm-hmm. because it feels like 
I feel like I have an obligation to make this world a better place when I leave it than when I entered it. But how but how did you make that jump from fuck boating to like fuck boating? But well, it was let the me job. Try. It was really the job. Oh, okay, yo. It was okay. the opportunity. Okay. And the more that I was doing that kind of work, mm-hmm. and that's how I started working for the Democratic Party for like a decade. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the more I got into that work, it was like it was hard not to think about the things that uh, I was like I see. working on and talking you. about with people, you know? Ah, interesting. Um, and that's probably when I was the most optimistic about electoralism. You know, what, what what like years are we talking? We're talking like um, I guess like uh, God like two thousand and like twelve, thirteen, fourteen mm-hmm. to like yeah I would say two thousand twelve to like up until like. 2016, 2017, okay. the Bernie campaign. So you, you know? were, so I just want to make sure I have the timeline correct. You were going to community college, uh, still living at home, I presume, with yeah. your parents. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you were, you were um, honing your craft uh, around writing uh, with the with the writing club. You mm-hmm. met this Russian figure that's going to give you the people going to give you so be, much be, grief about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was also a writer, but like. Kind of in this this uh, this caricature of Hemingway, yeah. maybe yeah. Uh, you and he, you know, link up like you're cool. What? And also politics, too. I will also add too that. Yes, he was because he had already been doing political work when we had met. Uh-huh. But I didn't really get to know that side of him as much uh-huh. because we were more still talking about writing. And yeah. we would go home to his crib and smoke weed and drink and watch movies. Right. But he did inject like those nights where I'd just be at his house and um, his apartment and he'd kick it in Far Rockaway. He would start injecting. Yeah. Uh-huh like these politics I got which you. now like I'm a communist and he sure. thinks I'm fucking crazy for being a communist yeah. so well, I went a little bit started far. it Andre yeah well to be fair he was born in the Soviet Union towards the end of the sure, Soviet Union so sure. he doesn't have romantic uh, ideas yeah, about the, it yeah he doesn't have romantic ideas about the Soviet Union at all I gotcha but you at a certain point because are you, is it because you got you you were kicked out of community college or what but you needed a job yeah. and you started like canvassing for the yeah I started canvassing yeah I started canvassing and we're knocking on doors uh-huh. and um you know, there was this, it's kind of murky, but there was this kind of period where, like, like I had dropped out, you know? Of school. Of school. Uh-huh. Right? I failed out. Did you out. intend to? Oh, you failed out. I failed out, right? Okay, what were your feelings around that? Um, I didn't care. Okay. I really didn't give a shit. Okay. But I, the reason I didn't give a shit is because, so I was, when there was, I wasn't campaigning, doing campaign work all year round. Okay. Right? But I would do it whenever there was, like, a campaign, a job. Sure. Um, but the job that I ended up getting, actually, um, was I was working at the community college ah. as an English tutor. Ah. So my feelings about dropping out, even mm. though my mom didn't know yet, mm. um, they weren't. Yeah, she didn't know at the time. Ooh. They weren't they weren't that bad. Or I guess they weren't like they didn't really resonate with me because I was still at school uh. every day for work. I <laughs> you know what I mean? See, OK, kind of, right. See, like, you kind of see where I'm going. Or yeah, like, like you're still in this environment. It's just so why I. should I feel? Oh, I. I I feel bad because I dropped out. Motherfucker, I'm helping these kids pass the classes right. that I failed out of. I <laughs> sure. shouldn't feel bad about myself. Sure, sure, I'm sure. I'm still within academia. Like, who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, I'll go back to school. Yeah, you know? yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Which I did in Georgia and then dropped out again. But Sure, sure, sure. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, uh, so how long? Uh, so so, mm, but did you, what would have, uh, maybe this isn't a fair question to ask. In retrospect, what would have made the difference between you going back to school, or either community college or transferring to a four-year university, like what do you think could have made the difference in that? Or there was no chance that was going to happen just because you weren't in that place to... I don't think I was even in that place. And I think I was comfortable. Ah. I think comfortability, right? Uh-huh. Because like, you know, even though I wasn't in school, 
I was living with my parents mm. and um, I had a job, yeah. you know, at the school. Yeah. Um, and I was still writing mm-hmm. and it was kind of this like far off, like not even that far off. It's like this near future, like kind of thing where like, you know, I'll probably go back to okay. school for sure. Okay. Um, so it was like, it was really just kind of comfortability, you know, mm-hmm. like I always thought that I would, and even now, right. I think like, maybe I will go back to school, yeah. you know, like we were talking earlier, sure, like maybe yeah. I will, but, uh, I think that I needed, and it's kind of harkening back to what I was saying before, like elementary school doing really well but then depression and dissatisfaction and kind of this rebelliousness rebelliousness seeping in mm-hmm. um all of those things were like i didn't really know what it was and still don't really know what it is that like i want to do you know and yeah. i don't know how to factor and before i go back and drop out again and make that decision now it's time to be like okay well, exactly what is the game plan if i go back you know? uh, i see i see what, what am i actually going to do instead of like wasting time and money i got you, you. So how so how long were you still tutoring at the community college and doing starting your political work? Like describe that time. Like where what were the things that were coming into stark relief for you? Like what were you learning? What were yeah. you thinking a, about? Like yeah. what was like ah, yeah. describe yeah. it. Yeah. That's um the, the the best way I guess cuz like I guess my drug addled brain like kind of like uh being like chronological and um but it's hard but I can always remember by events and people that I met. And I feel like one of the most, like, the most kind of monumental, like, turning points was um, when I was in community college. And I was still, I was still at community college. just right, right before, like, I, fa- I think it's the last semester before I failed off. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was still teaching there. And Andre and I were still hanging out. And I still worked with the Democratic Party. And that was during Occupy. Ah. Right? In 2008. Um, literally, like, I mean, I was, like, I could step outside of my school and like look down and like not really see zuccotti park but i could like walk there you yeah know? yeah um and i had this um this professor um named professor rice and i often don't remember eugene rice i don't remember pre- professor's names but i yeah. remember his name and to be honest he was probably like a centrist or something like that yeah, but yeah. he was teaching um american government mm-hmm. and uh i he actually piqued my interest right him and andre piqued my interest in politics uh-huh. right it was like this dovetail of getting into electoral work, um, but also having these conversations with Andre that would kind of start me on this path to like, you know, even far more radical ideas than even Andre mm-hmm. was willing to accept. Uh-huh. And also taking this class with uh, Eugene Rice where he would never, and this is why I think he was probably a centrist, but I don't really think his political views mattered as much as his understanding mm. of political economy mm. and American government. Mm. Because I think... Anyone who's like a studious, like a student, right, of American history, like someone who's not historically ignorant but honest can look at this system, mm-hmm. especially as a professor, can look at the system and regardless of your own political views, you could look at it and say, this is fucked. Sure. And that's Fairly how, dispassionate ex- kind of observation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's how he, and I know he wouldn't agree with a lot of the views I have now, if any at all, mm-hmm. but he was trying to instill this sort of civic mindedness uh-huh. and this duty. Mm-hmm. To not just even country, but these ideals, ah. you know, that we all grew up with in this country. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that um, it was Occupy's going on and people like we could hear like there was a march going down the street. We hear the drums banging and shit like that right mm-hmm. out the window. And he tried to do this really uh, it's almost like in a movie where it's like before the game, the football coach gives the kids like this fucking pep rousing talk. pep talk. Yeah, and yeah. he gave us his pep talk on the last day of class where and it was funny because someone's phone started ringing. So I could tell he had 
he does he does this every semester, so I could tell like when the phone rang, he was annoyed and had to restart. It was yeah. it was always so funny. <laughs> but despite all of the kind of um presumptuousness, right, and theatrics of it, basically what he was saying is like what's going on out there is like you should care about it, mm. right? And it's history, what's happening. Ha, ha, ha. And um that made me like a week later, I'll, me and my friend, um, who now is a comrade too. Yeah. Um we were like, yo, let's go to Occupy and see what that shit is like. Ah. And so I just want to make sure I'm understanding. Yeah. Before this point, you were kind of generally apolitical, not super like ideological one way or another. You kind of got your interest peaked through the, <clears throat> you needed a job. You started uh, canvassing. Your your friend Andre put you on. Uh, and then before you flunked out of uh, community college, this professor, uh, Occupy was going on. He brought you all's attention to it and, your, and brought some gravity to why this was important. Exactly. And this was the moment when you were you, your your interests in politics and or yeah, ideology was starting to grow and expand exactly. and, and i was watching the daily show every night with john stewart at that uh, point too uh. you know so like all of these this is my foray into like coming from political not even some anarchism right but yeah, straight yeah. up just political nihilism yeah and being apolitical to being like a liberal yeah like a full-throated liberal you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to um then um i guess after occupy and when I wasn't in school anymore, and I wasn't even, my major was writing in literature, so I wasn't even taking classes. Yeah, the yeah, American yeah. government was the only class I took yeah. that was like related to my soon, you know, soon to be interest. But um, after that, after that last day of class, man, like in Occupy, me and my friend went to go see what Occupy was like. Yeah. We're incredibly just kind of laughing at these fucking like hippies and these weed smokers huh. and these. And, and, you know, the 10th anniversary of Occupy was like last week and like, I made a tweet or there were a couple tweets, not even just my own, but like the sentiment, like, you know, it was incredibly messy mm-hmm. and uh, kind of politically immature, mm-hmm. but it was still one of the most kind of grounding, transformative moment, moments in my like political awakening. But you didn't feel that way at the time. You no, thought I didn't feel was, that way at the time. Because at the time you thought your it, perception was that it was. It was what? bullshit. It, oh, wow. It was bull. I was like, okay. this is fucking bullshit. And these people are dumb. This is why I was working for the Democratic Party. Ah, right? you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, these people... You were deriding it kind of from the centrist right exactly. of the Democratic exactly. Party. I exactly. see. Exactly, I was. But what specifically, like, made you think Occupy was bullshit? I, I, well, oh, well, that it was bullshit was just the experience I had going there with my friend. Which was? Describe it. It was just fucking, like, I understood that everybody was there for, you know, like, a general idea of, like, taxing the rich, right? Mm-hmm. And income and wealth inequality. <clears throat> But it was just like a motley crew of fucking characters mm-hmm. and smelly people mm-hmm. who were very high and or drunk, <laughs> which is like now I'm like, yo, I feel you, nigga. I would have been too. Yeah, that's right. You know, but then no. But um, and it was just like, oh, these are the people, even though like I could see their ideas. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. It's like kind of like, you know, like like that, uh, that, uh, that kind of uh looking down upon like you know the riffraff yeah you know? yeah you know and thinking that i'm so high-minded and ah, i have the right ideas ah. and these people uh, yeah sure their rage is like well-founded mm-hmm. but they'll never be organized enough or uh, never smart enough or never or like this isn't serious this is or this seri- isn't practical seri- seri- exactly those two uh, words like I see. the seriousness and the practice the practicalism of it mm-hmm. and then um and then i mean like this is the thing that really changed everything, man. I read the Communist Manifesto. But you know? nigga, wait, and that hold changed on. Everything. Who yo? put the Communist Manifesto in your hand? It's my sister's copy. It was her copy. Your 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 super like straight laced high achieving sister. Yes, but she got a copy of the man because before she started working for the State Department, and one of the reasons I had the opportunity to travel so much as a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to China. Yeah. Because she was teaching there from Shanghai University. Ah. 
um, for like two years. Mm -hmm. And I guess in preparation mm -hmm. to go to a quote communist country, yeah. she read the manifesto. Ah. And um, I picked it up one day. You picked it up, or she was just like, I, nah, read I something. Because I, I had been. But what what made you pick it up? You were just you were just looking down upon the dregs of society yeah. at Zuccotti Park. What made you pick it up? Because I I think just being in that atmosphere heard like you know terms like uh, capitalism, mm -hmm. you know um, you know um, um, uh, socialism, communism, mm -hmm. Karl Marx. Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, like. I'm going to like check the shit out. Even though you thought that this was unserious and this was like, you know, I felt the, the I felt the I felt that the the actualization, mm -hmm. like whatever was being done, uh-huh. I, I felt like the the goals were noble. Uh -huh. Right? I just felt like what was being done was bullshit. Uh -huh. It didn't mean that I would discount Karl Marx, right? Sure, sure, sure. You know, cuz I would be like, all right, like cuz I didn't understand him as a um as the guy who killed like 100 million people right? sure sure i'd understand him as like a communist dictator right yeah, where yeah. people make him sound like you know he was like stalin and it's like this motherfucker never even held political office yeah right? sure sure so like i guess that was that sort of like that how can i say it? without having that sort of red red scare type um fear mongering yeah you know mm -hmm. i was just like oh this is just a dude who i could disagree with him or not but yeah. i'll pick it up and read but it but maybe i should read it should read just it. so i should be yeah. informed and it was like 20 pages you know and uh -huh. it was my sister's uh -huh. and she had it there um in this bookcase i was staying me and my parents were staying with her for the summer in in her house in virginia uh -huh. and she just had it there and and even now, like, I still have that copy and, like, flipping through it, like, she made notes ah, and highlighted things. Interesting. So even I know mm -hmm. that she understood the basic premise, yeah. right, of what Marx was trying to kind of elucidate, uh -huh. right, even before he wrote Capital. About, uh, yeah, like, yeah. just the just the moral, I, I can't even just call it, like, straight up just on, like, a transactional material, like, scientific level. Mm -hmm. Just the immorality yeah. of this system yeah. and the fact that I knew that it was immoral is just that... I disagreed about how to get there, right? Uh, with, with the Occupy people, I disagreed with them about how to get there. At the time, yeah. It wasn't until I read Marx, so I was like, oh, no, we need to, like, kill all these motherfuckers. Right. Like, now I understand, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. <laughs> In parody, you know, Minecraft, no. But, <laughs> yeah. I got you. Okay. So, okay, so what was, so what was, what was the after, or what was the effect of you reading, reading the Communist Manifesto, like, in your in your everyday life like did did the lights come on in a way that it was just Bro, like yes whoa yes. hang on wait yes. a minute like what what was the that's exactly what i mean in a way that like yo it's like reading that in a way that like how can i say it it's like it was just like literally like i had been blind my whole life for some shit you ah, know what i'm saying and like uh -huh. you know like Somebody I, I once was lost. Yes, I was was lost, and, and now, now I can I see. You know, right. or, or like you know, uh, allegory of the cave, right? Yeah, like yeah, Plato yeah. shit. Like uh -huh. I like, I mean, that was the that was the first time that I would like hold objects uh -huh. in my hand, and I would question how they were made. Huh. I would think about the dead embodied labor. Ah. I would think about all of this and how this came about, and I would uh -huh. think about history. Ah. You know, and I would think about history in in terms of time frames that as a human being you know you can't even conceptualize sure like what the fuck is a hundred years yeah 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 right yeah, yeah. like how did all of this come to be the way it is ah right and that shit just did it like, fuck you up yo it fucked me up incredibly because you were kind of like a you I were like help. a you were a pussy ass liberal oh, yeah, i was a pussy and ass then, liberal and then <laughs> and then these motherfuckers started telling me Karl marx was telling me like no the only way you can overthrow the hitherto existing order yeah. is through fucking revolution <laughs> and like as a black person especially yeah, yeah yeah i was like like okay 
word. That already makes sense to me. Sure, sure. Like that already makes sense to me. Yeah, like yeah, it's not yeah. like some like leap of like not that I'm saying that I'm going to be the one exacting violence. Sure. But it's not about a question of personal opinion. Ah. It's and I'm gonna use the word, it's scientific. Eee. Right? And that's where like after Marx, I just started reading everything that I could fucking find. You know? uh, what was name name like three more books? I mean that... fucking State and Revolution, okay. you know, like um um Reformer Revolution, mm-hmm. State and Revolution by Lenin, Reformer Revolution by Rosa Luxemburg. Uh-huh. You know? Like I never got into anarchism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna say anything to make anyone mad. Sure, sure, you know, sure. But, yeah, sure. Um, I became a communist. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um I mean, I started reading, like, I mean, Du Bois, like, Black Reconstruction. Hey, come like, on. I started, like, reading these things. I mean, even um, fucking Richard Wright's um, Native Son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, the yes, fucking yes. Um, 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 Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Yeah. You know, Toni Morrison a lot, Name too. that Like, text. Octavia Butler. Like, yeah, I would read all right. these fucking books, and I would understand, like, oh, dude, like, yo, it's not just about some, like, like... We were talking about it earlier, right? Like, aestheticizing your politics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just about some rah, 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 like, waving a red flag, like... As a black person, hey. if anyone should be a socialist or a communist, it's people who are the descendants yeah. and still are like, you know, like suffering from the exploitation of their labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was like, it was a no brainer, bro. It was like, uh, okay, this is easy. Uh, okay. And then, it, then, you know, it was like, it was history, you know. Uh, it was fucking Bernie and X, Y, and Z and you know, all that shit, man. Th- now, at this point, were you. Were you thinking about because you were you had dropped out of community college? Were you thinking about going back to school to study history and or political economy nah, proper? Like what, nah. what what got you back into school for a second? For the second time, it got me back into school because I had made it in writing literature, and then I ended up moving down here. Why? At that point, well, my parents had moved down here, and I dropped they, out of school. Why did they move? Down they here? moved here because they already bought a house here, uh-huh. um, and they're older. Yeah, yeah. They were retired yeah. or ready to retire. Yeah, yeah. They were retired, so they were just ready to like just you know come chill down here, yeah, and chill out in the south. Yeah. And um, I they left me in New York mm-hmm. um, because I was still in school, mm-hmm. um, but I just couldn't afford, like, I mean the little bullshit jobs that I had canvassing and then even like working um, at school as a tutor, I just couldn't afford to live in New York anymore. Sure. So I ended up moving down here and um, got back in school pretty quick, like yeah. within a year of moving down here. Yeah. And then um, decided that I wanted to study political science. Ah. Um, because um, before that year, before I was in school, the year that I moved down here, I like jumped straight into organizing um, for the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016. Ah, okay, right? okay. Um, so it was like a very quick, like, like, I, well, I guess it's not quick, but Occupy, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Eugene Rice and then also like my friend Andre. But then, you know, watching The Daily Show, like being immersed in liberal culture, electoralism, yeah. picking up the manifesto, being out of school and then um, coming down here and like jumping not into electoralism anymore, even though I did electoral work when I yeah, moved down here. Yeah. I jumped straight into grassroots organizing with the Sanders campaign. wonder what Occupy Aaron, looking down his nose at the denizens of Zuccotti Park, would say to 2021 Aaron, who now identifies as a communist. <laughs> ah, tune in to part two when he discusses his move to Georgia and the multi-pronged strategy that the left should pursue. Also, what he hopes to be doing 10 years from now. Part two is up on the Patreon at patreon.com slash what's left to do. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash what's left to do. If Patreon isn't your thing and you'd still like to support this work, please 
please feel free to do just that. <laughs> you can go to whatsleftodo.com slash support and send us a donation in the tip jar. All right. See you over on Patreon for part two.